Would you please stand for the reading of our gospel lesson this morning? Gospel lesson is from the 17th chapter of Luke. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Would any of you say to your servant, who had just come in from the field after plowing or tending sheep, come, sit down for dinner? Wouldn't you say instead, fix my dinner, put on the clothes of a table servant, and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you can eat and drink. You won't thank the servant because the servant did what you asked, will you? In the same way, when you have done everything required of you, you should say, We servants deserve no special praise. We have only done our duty. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. So last Sunday we talked about fighting the good fight of faith that Paul mentions in the first letter to Timothy in the sixth chapter. And we talked about how we are to pursue six things as we fight that good fight. If you'll remember those six things are righteousness, godliness, faith, love endurance, and gentleness. And we talked about how those things were practical and attainable for each of us as believers as we walk by faith, living as sojourners, as travelers in the world. And we said that it was this pursuit of an attainment of faith in Christ that lifts us up out of the muck and the mire of a dead-end life and into the abundant life that Jesus said He came to give us. So this Sunday, I want to continue that discussion. I want to talk about a passage of Scripture recorded in Paul's second letter to Timothy, wherein the Apostle gives us some powerful words of encouragement. Words that each of us can use as we continue to fight that good fight of the faith. Listen for the Word of God as it might be revealed to you in the Apostles' writing in 2 Timothy. This is from the first chapter, verses 1 through 14. This is from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. See, Paul's introducing himself and his position and his authority. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. 
I don't know about you, but I don't get many letters that start that way. And then he gives encouragement to Timothy. He says, I am grateful to God whom I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did. When I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. I'm going to pause for a second. That is so comforting to me. Family. The tradition of honoring Jesus Christ and passing it from generation to to generation. For this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Let me read that again. God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And for this reason I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed. For I know the one in whom I have put my trust. And I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Wow. Authority. Paul is talking about authority. Whose authority? Paul tells us very clearly that we have the faith within us as believers. The faith in Christ Jesus filling our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells in each of us. And the faith that dwells in you gives you a spirit of power and of love and of discipline. We have the power. 
we have the authority. Authority. You might be thinking, Pastor, what authority do I have over anything, really? It seems as if everything and everybody has authority over me. I'm only one person. What possible power or authority could I have? What impact can I possibly have on the world? See, the truth is that Jesus gave you the authority. It's not something you earned on your own. It's not something you merit. It's something that's given by the King of Kings who has given it to you to exercise in His creation. Jesus gave you the ability to exercise that authority with power over both the natural and the supernatural realms. That's kind of a mind blower, isn't it? We have been given authority by Jesus over spirits that rule and reign over rulers and kings and kingdoms. You think your vote doesn't count? Oh, pray before you pull the lever. You have been given authority over spirits that rule and reign over rulers, kings, and kingdoms. When you pray and are within the will of the sovereign God, your vote has eternal significance. We have been given authority over the principalities against the powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places, That's a paraphrase of Ephesians 6.12. It's a promise from God's Word that the authority belongs to you as members of the body of Christ. And it's with this God-given, Christ-mandated authority that we have the ability to impact the world. And by that same authority, we should be empowered, emboldened to step out with confidence as we minister to the world around us. Why do we do that? Well, not only do we have the authority, but we also have the proper motivation to act as ministers of the faith in the world. See, we have been also given a spirit of Love. So when we proclaim the gospel message to the world, we do so bringing the love of Christ to bear on the moment of presentation. When I proclaim the gospel and I do it with the spirit of love that dwells in me, well, I bring the power of love into that circumstance, into that situation. It's like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, 
I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. See, it's this love that's inherent in faith that we carry with us into any and all circumstances. Any and all moments where we proclaim the testimony of Jesus Christ, it is the spirit of love that validates the authority we have been given. And so we have the authority and we have the proper motivation, love. The love of Jesus. And then Paul says we have also been given the spirit of discipline. The spirit of self-discipline. Self-control. See, great power, great authority comes with great responsibility. And great power and authority tempered with great love makes for a self-disciplined disciple of Jesus who demonstrates gentleness and endurance and faith and love and godliness and righteousness. Self-discipline. It's the check and balance to the great power. It's through the spirit of discipline that we are able to join with Paul as he asks in suffering for the gospel. Because we have the ability now to rely on the power of God to accomplish the mission at hand to which we have been appointed. Did you know that you were appointed? Paul tells us, for this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher And for this reason, I suffer as I do. You are appointed a herald. What do heralds do? They proclaim the message of the gospel. The good news that Jesus came to save sinners. The good news that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes on Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the message that you proclaim to the fallen and broken world as a herald bringing the good news. Did you know that you are also appointed an apostle? What do apostles do? They are sent by God into the world as the first missionaries of the gospel message to a community, to a region, to a tribe, to a nation. To a globe. Apostles are sent to reach the unreached for the purpose of advancing the kingdom. Are there any unreached people in Splendora today? Oh, you bet there are. And you are appointed a teacher. 
Jesus mandated that we go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. See, people out there need to know what Jesus said. They don't play by the rules because they haven't been taught the rules. And it's up to us, to you, to me, to go and teach them. That's why we have Wednesday night Bible study. That's why we gather in the sanctuary on Sundays. The people that attend are being equipped to be heralds and apostles and teachers. They are the disciples who are gaining knowledge so that they can be better disciplers to a fallen, broken, hurting world. How do you know the sermon is halfway done? When the pastor says in conclusion. No, it really is the conclusion, but... Hear this. Fighting the good fight of the faith requires that we be equipped and encouraged. Paul's teaching is God-breathed for that purpose, for the equipping of the saints, that's you, to do the work of ministry in the world. It's not a mission for the faint of heart. So we have to take this promise from Matthew 28 when Jesus gave us the mandate to go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you the last thing he said after issuing that great commission was this he said and remember I am with you always even to the end of the age. You do not go into the world to fight the good fight of the faith alone. You go with the power and the love and the discipline given to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.